I feel like we should probably maybe do an intro where we like actually introduce ourselves, but we <laughs> yeah, didn't do that. Yeah. Well, this is a good warm up, I think. Like, how are we gonna do? It? How are we gonna do this? Though? So I think maybe we'll just, I'll just I don't know. Yeah, I'll just say like off. welcome. Yeah, be cool. Uh, what okay, with? so like hello, welcome to this. Yeah. Okay. My name's Dave. Hello, my name's Hugh. And my name is Dan. Natural. <laughs> Yep. Nailed that. <laughs> <laughs> Those will get better. <laughs> Keep this all in. <laughs> Just three guys and we're making a podcast. All our worries, they're in the past, yeah. Gets hard and sticky in the studio. Sexual tension builds from show to show. Topics and reaching round the news, reaching round your game ideas and down into new avenues. When reaching round with each other, the fun it just won't stop. Every time we just can't wait to reach around with you, no. Reach around with you, reach around with you. I said, yeah, reach around with you. Come on now. Thank you. Bloody legend. Bloody legend, Chris. Absolute, what an absolute legend. Top bloke. <laughs> uh, so we're going to start off now with uh, Slurp of the Day. Do you want to go first, Hugh? Oh, that was deep. That oh, was long. I actually burnt my lips doing that. <laughs> really hot. This is really hot um, coffee. <laughs> and Dan, can you please top that now? Oh. oh. And the swallow. And the swallow. Fantastic. Very wet mouth, sir. <laughs> I'm going to try my best now. Go on, Dave. See it off. <laughs> oh. Oh. That was only for the back one. <laughs> Coffee definitely came out there. <laughs> oh. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Um, just some, before we start, I think when we laugh, if you're laughing, like move away from it, because it got quite mm. loud last time. Yeah, I that. Let's try that. And we hear lots of... Ah. <laughs> 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 Don't move your head as you're laughing, because I feel like you're get... it's going to sound like you're being sucked out of an airplane. <laughs> Thank you for flying with Reach Around Airway. Please ensure that your seats are in the upright position and your baggage is in the overhead storage. Cabin crew, prepare to take off. So I was walking my dogs today, just walking around the woods, and you know when your dog has poo, it's etiquette that you bag it up in a little plastic bag and then you dispose of the poo in the bin. It's a done thing. That's just what that's what you do. And I agree with that. Largely I agree with that. <laughs> but I no, don't always agree with that. Like if you're on the street, obviously you need to pick your dog's poo up. But I think sometimes in secluded areas there's a little bit of leniency. And I'm, that, there's a reason why I'm saying this. Because <laughs> I was with my dogs in the woods today and we were walking around uh, down this path. It was quite a tight path. And then up behind me comes this kind of big family. There's a big group of people. There's a mum, dad, uh, there's two little girls and a couple of grandparents. So that's like six people. When, I, when you said big, I thought you meant they're all really fat. It's <laughs> a big family. Huge, cumbersome family came over the horizon. 
So there's this really big family coming up behind me, uh, and I'm thinking, okay, that's fine, obviously, carry on walking. And then my dog uh, just sort of squats down in front of me on the path, and I'm thinking, no. What this would better be a wee. Was he was he doing that thing where he looks at you as well while he's doing uh, it? Yeah. yeah. My dog squats down and just does a, a nice dollop of poo there, right in the middle of the pathway. And this is quite a secluded area, so normally I would just kind of kick it with my shoe into the bush. And it's fine because, you know, no one's gonna know it's there. Do you normally get a run up when you kick it or do you just sort, sort of nudge of, it? I, I nudge some <laughs> leaves around it to create a a cushion between my shoe and the poo, Classic and then technique. I brush it into the undergrowth, and yeah. it's fine, and that works. No one knows it's there. Obviously, if it's on the pavement, you pick your dog's poo up, but mm. there are some things where you don't do that. But now I'm feeling huge pressure because there's this big family <laughs> kind of coming up behind me, and I'm thinking, I can't, I can't do that here because the etiquette is you get out your little plastic bag uh, and you pick it up. So... Yes, there's no easy fix there, is there? Really, you've got to either wait for the family to pass. And it's like they know something's up. They know something's up, don't they? When they're doing that. I suppose the the alternative is to stand in the middle of the path so none of them stand in it. So they know you're kind of like, oh, don't tread in my dog's shit. Like when you work in a supermarket and there's a spillage. (laughs) And before they arrive with the sign, you have to stand around and make sure nobody slips in the Boronese. So really, so so really, you're exactly like that. Massive catch 22. Because either they think you're just going to be a jerk by standing in the middle of the path going, oh, hello, you're walking around me now. Yeah. Treading my dog. So basically, well, what I chose to do was, uh, just as quickly as possible, I, kind of, I got the plastic bag out of my pocket, quickly picked the poo up, tied the bag up, and carried on walking. But by that point, obviously, because I had to stop, they'd got a little bit closer, they could <laughs> yeah. see I was doing it. And then you think, okay, great, I need to just now go and find a bin. Uh, so the family turn off. I turn off the other way and it's all good. But then I'm just left there now, just carrying around this little bag of poo. One of the most depressing parts of dog ownership is holding your animal shit in And it's just, it's the worst. (laughs) And I've obviously I've done it before and that's fine. But then as you sort of walk past people, people will make eye contact with you and then dart down and look at the bag of poo that you're carrying around. (laughs) You think everyone's aware that I'm carrying around a bag of shit. And you don't realise how few bins there are until you're furiously looking for a bin. Yeah, until you need one. There's, there's always one around until you actually need it, yeah. Because if it's litter, you just put it in your pocket. But you mm. can't do that with a bag of shit. It's not advised. <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure some people do. But I wouldn't do it. A lot of us have learned that mistake. <laughs> We've all been there. So then I'm just getting like a little bit, you know, more and more down about the whole situation that I can't find anywhere to stash this bag of poo. But then sort of as you're walking around trying to find bins, you see other people, the trails of other people who've given up and they've basically bagged up their dog's poo, Mm. but they've got fed up of trying to find a bin. So they've just thrown the bag of poo on the (laughs) ground and you think... That's worse. That's infinitely than, worse. That's yeah. worse than just not picking it up in the first place. Because all you've done is taken this thing that can decompose, yeah. put it inside something that won't decompose, done it up so you've sealed all the oxygen. So all you've done is just preserve this shit in a bag and then thrown it on the ground. That's so true. So I was thinking that's not going to be me. So then I eventually I found a bin and that was the end of it. But that big, was, that was what happened moral, to me today. It's a big moral dilemma, the whole thing. It is. You've got to think about what you're going to do with it. But just kicking it's the obvious choice if you're in the woods because it doesn't hurt anyone. It's out off the path. 
and it'll just go away. That's how I treat most of my problems, to be honest. I just yeah. sweep them under the rug. And <laughs> <laughs> well, wait until no one's around, nice and secluded. It's, and get it's rid of quite them. a nice analogy, really. I mean, I'm going to take that as a life lesson from now on. And it's such, a, oh, such an awkward <laughs> social moment, though, when you watch your, someone's coming up to you, and I, you're thinking, well, what do I do? Do I rummage around my pocket pretending to find a bag? Wait for them to go, and then they'll look back and they'll see me kick it in. Because <laughs> like I did that once on the canal. The canal's like a massive bend, like a huge bend, like just massive for this one bit where I walk along. I was walking my dog along there, and this guy's about 30 metres maybe in front of me. So he's got quite a way to walk until he gets to me. So my dog, as dogs do, takes a massive dump in the middle of, just in, right in the middle of the path. So he locked eyes with me the whole time. And I'm just pretending to rummage around for a pack. Then I forget that as soon as he gets past me, he can see me for another hundred meters or so. <laughs> so he then looked back and just saw me kicking it in anyway. <laughs> oh, this is so stupid. <laughs> this is this is sort of not the same, but um, I was having lunch the other day. So where I work, there's like a national trust like park behind the offices, and like not many people go down there because I don't think many people know it's there. But there's this nice bench where I go sit and have my lunch every day. Mm. It's all nice, like you get away from all the noise and everything, and. Uh, this guy was walking on the path in front of me while I was there having my sandwich. And um, sort of normal looking guy, sort of walking along. And then he walks past me and then lets out this massive fart. And he's probably like five meters away. And it was a proper like rumbling fart. And I, I heard it like very clearly. He kind of looks around because he doesn't really think anyone's there. But like he's going to check anyway because it's like a false habit or something. And then I make direct eye contact with him. And I just sort of nodded at him like, yep, I got you. (laughs) (laughs) I heard the whole thing. So me and my girlfriend actually went to buy a sofa yesterday. And uh, we got this sales guy. He looked at the business. He looked really quite good. And all of a sudden, when it came to actually finishing off the sale, we just totally froze up and we had to go and get the manager. Have either of you ever been in that situation where you've been the person that's choked? I can very, very clearly think of a time when that happened to me. Mm. Um, I was I was basically in, in a restaurant in Melbourne. Um, well, I used to work in a hotel over there. And uh, this this guy was talking to my boss. And she was talking about how we've all been wine trained, which we had been. But I wasn't listening at all when we were being wine trained. <laughs> so all the, all the wine's supposed to match up on the menu all the different things that we have so he comes up to me and talking about the steaks and what sort of wine would go best with this and i just i just froze i had no idea like, i just but i just picked out the house red and he called me out immediately he's <laughs> oh, like no. that's the house red isn't it it's like yeah it's a bottle of merlot is well i don't think you'd be serving the house red with a 64 day hung steak now would you well, like, I disagree. Oh, I don't know what to do. So I just, I just choked up as well. When you were saying that, I just imagine that in an Australian accent as well. He was, yeah, was Australian, yeah, yeah. I don't think you'd uh, be serving a house red. <laughs> you idiot. You fucking cunt. <laughs> a Merlot with a 64-day hung steak. I think you mean a Cherez, don't you, sunshine? <laughs> I don't you fucking ask? think so. <laughs> Get back out there, you pom. Give me the right glass, all right? <laughs> He knew exactly what wine went with that steak. I'm pretty sure he knew before he asked me. He just wanted to see. (laughs) Just wanted to watch you squirm, basically. Yeah. I feel like sometimes foreigners can sense with British people, like when you're so polite that you will do anything not to offend someone. And (laughs) I think to to everyone else, British people just sort of implode, basically, and just sort of collapse in on themselves. Like, it's... it's... (laughs) Oh, no. I don't know if I can quite... Well, maybe if I... uh, uh. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, so many times I've been in that situation. It's not fun. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I, I, I could, yes, I, I suppose, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. It's just constantly apologising for things that you don't need to apologise for. Yeah, it's yeah, so true. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Stop saying sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. So sorry. <laughs> I open a door for someone and go sorry. Why, why do you need to apologise? You're just letting someone go by. At one time, there was this new person at work. And they were just in the office for the day just doing something. And I hadn't introduced myself yet. Mm. And everyone else was sort of chatting. And I was I walked over to them. And we sort of made eye contact. And I went, oh, sorry, I'm Dave. It's like, why am I saying sorry before I've even met this person? You don't even know him yet. I don't even know you. I'm just say, oh, hello, I'll introduce myself now. Yeah. But I just felt the need to apologise that I hadn't done it. You were apologising for being Dave. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, I'm, this is me. I'm sorry, I'm Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. As if that would ex- have explained it. I'm oh, sorry. You've obviously heard about me. I'm sorry, I'm that person. <laughs> this is The Reach Around. Baby. I've had the most boring week. Literally, when I've got like a really like dull day ahead, I just like shake myself. It's like motivational, like shaking yourself to like wake up and like actually like do something. Yeah, uh, it works. Like it's it's great. Like, well, they say you work. should do that before exams and stuff, don't they? Like they, you should run a lap of the field before you got an exam to do it at school, and then that gets the blood pump into your brain, and apparently that helps. Mm. It might be bullshit. I've never heard that. I'm not gonna lie. If I'm having a particularly difficult morning, I just kind of look in the mirror and go, ah, ah, ah. I just I totally go, ah, ah. And sort of gets me going, why? But I do make that, ah, ah, noise. If I could see you doing that every morning, that would get me going. I feel yeah. like I, I could use that. Yeah, it's good. It's, good. it's a weird technique. It used to work. Nice. How was your week, Dave? What have you been up to? I was doing this video with Jenny Faulkner this week. Do you know who Jenny Faulkner is? Got pretty strong biceps. <laughs> I quite like that. <laughs> we were doing this thing for Sky, and Sky's whole um, promotion over Christmas is a new premiere every day. So the whole idea is that obviously, like if you have Sky movies, you get a brand new film every day, and it's meant to be a home premiere and all that stuff. So it was Jenny Faulkner rocking up in this car, walking down a red carpet, but like just going into her own home. So like having the premiere experience, but at home. And there was two, only two people in it, and one was Jenny Faulkner, and the other was this old guy called uh, Barry. And Barry's eighty-six years old. It doesn't have a surname. <laughs> I don't. I, if he does, I don't know Jenny what it was. And Jenny Faulkner and Barry. <laughs> so Barry was playing like he was meant to play um, like the doorman at the cinema. He had various other roles like in it. Um, and there was a bit of a running theme that he was basically playing all the extra characters. It was just like a bit of a joke. But then the shoot went on like way later than it was meant to. So Barry had to go because we were like, well, we can't have Barry here all night. <laughs> he's 83. He's, he's like 86 years old. <laughs> like we need to we need to wrap Barry. Barry's got to go because <laughs> this, this is cruel. <laughs> um, so Barry had to go, but there was still this one scene um, where Jenny Faulkner gets out of the car and the chauffeur has to obviously open the door and let her out, and that's it. It's quite a simple thing. But Barry had gone, so they needed somebody to be the chauffeur. <laughs> and you might be able to see where this is going. Yeah. So I ended up being the chauffeur. They asked me <laughs> to do it. But the thing is, like, they had this chauffeur outfit, but it was all fitted for 86-year-old little Barry. <laughs> that's never going to fit you. Which, 
<laughs> which did not fit me <laughs> at all. So I like squeezed into it. Like the shirt fitted, the shirt was fine, but then the jacket was like up to my elbows. <laughs> so there's going to be this really weird scene of this like really. I don't know, poorly fitted out chauffeur opening the door for Jenny Faulkner. <laughs> so you can look out for that. And Barry was never hired again. He'll <laughs> <laughs> never work again. Fucking Barry. <laughs> he was quite a cool guy. He'd done like adverts, uh, like the Fox's Biscuits advert and stuff like that. You know, Fox's Biscuits. That That's not him, but he was in it. He was another <laughs> character in it. He was near someone saying that at one time. <laughs> <laughs> he has also seen the advert. <laughs> I don't know, it could have been lying to me. It's possible. <laughs> I thought those were animated. Well, I swear those were, I thought those were animated. Yeah, but they do voices they are, though, they don't they? Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's true. That's a great anecdote. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's, that's quality. <laughs> I've been reading a lot of books recently. I had a phase of reading about like two books at once, like badly. What do you mean, like open on the same table? <laughs> Not like actively like looking at one book and then... Look How do you do that? Read words, one word, then one word, then one word. Somehow, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, doesn't actually help or work. Uh, it's one of those bullshit theories like um, playing Mozart to babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you read two books at the same time, it really expands your mind. Uh, to make your spider plant grow more, you should actually play metal music. <laughs> like, shut up, that's not true. <laughs> so I, I had a phase where I was... I was reading one book and then getting bored and then picking up another book and then kind of skipping between them like every like few days and it was so confusing and I had so many different like stories going on that I was just like I can't do this anymore I do not read enough to read more than one book at a time yeah, like, I, I can't do that <laughs> I, I couldn't do that anyway yeah. I'd rather just smash one book out quickly and then just move on to the other one <laughs> two at the same time I couldn't hack it the problem is, like, it takes me so long to read anything because I'm, like, such a slow reader that to read one book will literally take me months. So yeah, I've, well, same me. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just don't get it. I used to be exactly the same. I used to read one book a year, like, pretty much. But since I've been commuting into London every day, I've got basically two hours to do nothing but sit there in silence. <laughs> so I need... can only give you so much. Yeah. And I've only got so much... Uh, 3G (laughs) on my phone so um, yeah I just started reading and I've been like I've read like two books now and it's been like three weeks which is mad I've never done that before in my life it makes the time go by so quick what books have you read? I read the first one was Holding by Graham Norton it was his first novel he's written like autobiographies and stuff so I read that which was really good that's That's been nominated for some I don't know. I don't know. But I really enjoyed it. It yeah. was all set in this Irish village. Yeah, yeah. And it's all about like this body turns up and it's all a bit of a mystery and it's all about the inner workings of like small towns where everyone knows each other and stuff. It was really good. So I enjoyed that. And then I read Sharp Objects by what's her name? Who's the woman who wrote Gone Girl? Gillian Flynn or something. Something like that, yeah. Not sure. This is informed. Well, I've, 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 I have no idea, actually. I don't know why you would agree with you. Do you know what? You've heard of Gone Girl, though, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Was it, was it a TV series as well for, or a film? No, it's a, it was a movie with Ben Affleck. Yeah. Anyway, I read that, and that was good. <laughs> Sweet. But the thing is, like, I only read books... Usually I only read books which are autobiographies or are meant to be funny, so I'd never read anything that was kind of a bit hardcore... 
it was all a bit of it was all murder mystery and it was all very descriptive and this like little girls are getting murdered and yeah. had their teeth pulled out and shit. shit and I'm reading it on the train just going fucking hell and a little bit no <laughs> <laughs> you have to make them in your head oh what <laughs> Like olden times. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck that. I swear, like in novels and things, because they can get away with a lot more horrible acts, like if that makes any sense. It's almost like it's your fault for imagining the bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, Whereas if they do it in a film, like they're explicitly showing you something that's horrible. And they had to recreate it, so for some, <laughs> for some reason it's weirder. Yeah. But like, no, novels are always, always seem to have much darker and weirder themes going on, I've found. It's like um, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, that's way weirder. In the books, much more dark and twisted. I hated that film because the I film couldn't, is. I couldn't, I couldn't hack it. I've, I didn't I've, enjoy it. I've not read the one with Daniel Craig. Or yeah, all right, Daniel yeah. Craig. I've not read the book, but the film was pretty dark. It was, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I liked, I liked the concept of the film. It wasn't a bad story or anything. It just freaked me out. It was a really good handle. It. it was heavy. All the characters <laughs> in that film were really like well done and stuff. So much rape in that film. <laughs> There's a lot of rape. Eighty percent too much rape. <laughs> <laughs> too much rape. <laughs> A little bit. It's alright. <laughs> not too much. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a point where it's not really adding to the story and the the, sh- the scene has gone on for so long that you're like, yep, I've got it now. Cool. That's crystal clear in my head. <laughs> there is a rape scene going on. <laughs> this is not implied. This is full frontal, like very explicit. I understand this. You're just doing this to make me feel bad. <laughs> You're forcing me to watch it. But then, as you were saying, way worse shit than that can happen in books, and that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then you have parents going, oh my god, my child just watched a violent film, or my <laughs> child's playing a violent video game, but oh my god, oh, it's so sweet that she's upstairs doing some reading. I haven't got a fucking clue what she's reading. <laughs> and there's probably a lot of dark shit going on. So it's a lot of very dark shit, very heavy literature. Yeah, but I just, I don't like those old books <laughs> it was an experience for me I had to take a break I want to read her next one which is called Dark Places yeah yeah. I, I want to read that, that. And apparently that's already a film but I just as soon as I put the last one down I just thought I have to have I have to have a break <laughs> you, know, you want to go back to back with those really do you not at all it's just too depressing <laughs> like you need a cigarette after reading <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing like how good reading a book can make you feel yeah because I, I go and read sometimes on my lunch break now, so I'll take a walk out of my office, which not my office, but the office I work in, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I can walk to Trafalgar Square, and I went and sat on the steps of the National Gallery, and then I started reading my book and eating my sandwich. That's cool. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm so London. <laughs> <laughs> what, what sandwich were you eating? Uh, it was just a ham sandwich. Oh, not, I made it myself. I can't, can't take, take the fleet out of the man. Can <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it was like a focaccia pret a manger. That's what I was waiting uh, for. I've been drinking a lot of really, uh, what is, I don't know the word for it, just coffee. Just frothy coffee. <laughs> bullshit coffee, <laughs> for want of a better word. Yeah. <laughs> this week I've had a, a honeycomb latte. Mm-hmm. I've had a, a salted caramel cappuccino. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else have I had? It was assaulted, or it was salted. <laughs> salted. I assaulted someone with my caramel cappuccino. Uh, and what else did I have? A hazelnut thing. At that point, you know you've arrived. <laughs> you've made it. I was like, You're in yes. 
coffee is largely like ninety percent bullshit. Isn't it? <laughs> coffee. Yeah. Well, I think I said this to you guys before. I don't. I try not to drink lattes anymore because it's just ninety percent bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's not much going on there. I don't mind. I, I, to be honest, this goes for a lot of things, but like people don't mind like bullshit marketing, even though it's so blatant, as long as it sort of impresses you. Like, ooh, that's a nice use of words. Like, ooh, macchiato. Like, that sounds nice to say. Like, I'm going to overlook the fact that this is clearly just a different kind of brown liquid. And <laughs> order it anyway. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, what, what really pissed me off in Costa is that, you know, when you, you go in there and they have, they don't just have small, medium, large, do they? Like, they have, I, I don't even know the words. Grande, Vente. Vente and something Yeah, else. it's like Vente, gra- yeah. So I tried to, but normally I would be guilty of being, just going, can I have a regular whatever? <laughs> yeah. But I thought, no. Like, you know, I'm in London, I'm in Trafalgar Square, you know. I'm going to about to sit in front of the National Gallery. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my book and sit in front of the National Gallery. I'm going to attempt to say... Vente, I can't, still can't say it. And then I ordered it, and then the guy just sort of looked at me and went, so a regular one. I went, yes, please. <laughs> yes, yes, that's what I want. Fuck you. I'm just going to, and I'll just give up now. Yeah. Oh, what so, a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, don't put it on the fucking board if you don't want people to try and say it. Just put small, medium, and large. What, so regular then, mate? You are you, you, you wanker. Don't let the scarf fool you. I don't know what Vente is. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, you went, if you went up to him and asked for a regular, you would have gone, what's a Vente then? Exactly. Yeah. The thing is, like, I feel like even Italians wouldn't use those words because they are meant to be like Italian words because it's all like Italian coffee and that. But like, well, they don't actually mean small, medium and large. No. Like, Vente means 20, doesn't it? I think so, yeah. So it's, it's about the weight of the cup or something like the coffee, so it's like 20 ounces. It's it's layers, we're just peeling back layers of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it's going so much deeper than we thought. He's laying on thick, like, you can't really scrape for it. 20, what's what? See, I didn't even know that, I just thought it was small, medium, large. That's just how shielded my life has been. This is with... how woke me and Dan have become. <laughs> <laughs> just so much bullshit. <laughs> Going back in a bit of a weird way, um, the last time I read lots of books, back to back, was the Game of Thrones trilogy. Trilogy? is like way more than that. How many of those have you read now? Six, six books, I think, or five books. You've read all six? Yeah. Fucking hell. I, I don't read. I'm not a man who reads. <laughs> and then whilst I was travelling... Um, couple of years ago now just had loads of spare time so I just like like what you did to just read them all in about two months maybe Jesus whoa I looked I'm I've actually I'm gonna get the first one they're, they're serious I'm gonna good. I'm gonna read it after the book I'm reading at the moment but they're massive they're huge man they're like Harry Potter style huge books about, and well, one of them's about a thousand pages to it's just not very convenient to take on the train really that's just ridiculous yeah. it's a bit annoying it's like a brick yeah. <laughs> you've got to pack a suitcase for it yeah but I do want to do it I, I've said to myself that I want to do it it's, it's the biggest challenge reading I've ever had of anything like it's so many characters so many plots it's more complicated than the series by a long way I've, I've made the mistake with Game of Thrones of watching it without really paying attention enough. Mm. And now that I kind of want to know who everyone is, it's far too late. And like, there's no way I'm going to go back and like, rewatch it like anytime soon. But no. I, I know sort of like the main characters, but 
I'm still asking who like Tyrion is. Like I'm still not actually that sure. <laughs> I'm told quite like a fundamental character. <laughs> a lot of them have quite similar names as well, though, which doesn't help. That doesn't know. When I first started watching it, I was basically just two screening it the whole time. So I was watching the TV series, and then I'd pause it, and then I'd have to go on Game of Thrones wiki and look up who they are, the and look up who their their house was and what alliances <laughs> they have. And then go back, watch the scene again and go, okay, that makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> so it would take me like two hours to watch an hour's worth of TV. Yeah. But then the the annoying thing about that is when you're watching it after um, it's actually happened, so people are like five series ahead of you or something, yeah. you'll go on the wiki page and then it'll be like, so-and-so lived from this time to this time. And then you think, oh, fuck, like now I know they're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, you have to do it because otherwise, I wouldn't have a clue who they were anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a bit of a catch twenty-two with this because you'd always accidentally read a paragraph more than you should have done. I hate it when you do that. <laughs> you oh, no, get a little fuck. bit too much information, and then you go, "Oh shit, I didn't want to know that." <laughs> oh, he dies. It's always he dies. Like I knew that Rob Stark was going to get killed. Yeah. Because I searched Rob Stark because I was like, I'm going to look up Rob Stark because you know I want to know a bit about Rob Stark. And then, you know, when Google suggests things for you, it just said, Rob Stark, death. Oh, fuck <laughs> like, you, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Ruin it again. <laughs> but you've got the wiki page, it's just his head, like, sewn to the wolf or something. It's like, oh, well, he's definitely dead then. It's just Great. a gif of him dying over and over again. <laughs> also, just on a side note, that that um, episode with when he when um, Jon Snow fights Ramsay Bolton, the, um, the big battle... Yeah, that's one of the best shot pieces of TV I think I've ever watched. I think on Battle a, of the Bastards, it got amazing. voted the best TV episode ever, which mm. is you know obviously pretty subjective, but that's pretty amazing. It was, it was the highest was rated thing episode. on. It was the highest rated episode of TV on IMDb, wasn't it ever? Mm. At the time, I don't know what it is now. It's, one of the, it's certainly one of the most impressive things I've watched. Oh, it was really really good. You don't really get that level of production often in a TV series like that I don't think I think you do now yeah I think it's more common but I, I, I just, it just blew me away I felt like I was watching a movie that bit yeah it's really cool but then I don't know if I trust IMDB mm. yeah <laughs> I was talking about this about this with you the other day I th- like I used to I used to kind of swear by it and like I see where you're coming from because it does attract like a certain type of person um, <laughs> I can give you my argument if you want. So, for instance, if you go on IMDb and you look up Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia's got like a, a five star rate, five out of ten rating, and there's loads of reviews on there of people absolutely slating the fuck out of Mamma Mia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, fair enough. But then if you were to ask a load of 50, 60 year old women, what do you think of Mamma Mia? What would you score Mamma Mia out of ten? Oh, yeah, like eight, nine, ten. Fucking love Mamma Mia. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. But then the people who Mamma Mia is aimed at aren't going to go on IMDb and submit a review, are they? It misrepresents the films that are on there because only certain types of people are reviewing films on IMDb. And if it's not a film that those people are going to like, then it's not going to reflect well. I think they're kind of the same people as well. Like, you get old movies that are made, you know, like really early, like cinema movies, like you know, movies that are made in, like, the 50s and 60s and stuff. Although a lot of them are classics and stuff, most people wouldn't enjoy watching them because they're so yeah, clunky and, like, breathy and, like, 
not much happens in like two hour period basically because it's just not that well made but they're the kind of people that defend those so much that you can't say anything bad about them i think sometimes and um everyone's a little bit afraid to say that sometimes they're kind of shit <laughs> do you know what i mean this, this is something i've experienced uh, i i i'm probably in the vast minority here but i really don't rate old james bond films at all no i, I don't. really don't like them <laughs> i i i would go as far to say like really hate all the roger moore movies <laughs> I, I don't know why i, I, just, really, so I just really dislike all of james bond films i don't know what it is I'm gonna do, how old are you talking though that's the important thing but in all fairness because they uh, go back to like the 60s yeah because yeah. uh, i'd say yeah, sean connery movies really. sean connery movies are great like I, I, really in good. all honesty i haven't given them a fair try and that's that's definitely so i need to put out this straight away but i just i've never got into them when on the tv or when i've ever watched them i don't know what it is I th- I know I'm in the vast minority there. <laughs> I think I do I do like them. I I'm I do. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, disagree yeah, with you. But um, I've never really got into them. I just never enjoyed them. Don't know why. Have you ever watched an old Clint Eastwood movie? Like... Yeah, I've I've, I've watched Fist for the Dollars, a few dollars more of those ones, and I don't really like those either. Those were the kind of <laughs> movies I was talking about before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Particularly westerns, because like westerns. Um, Obviously, you have that thing where there's so much silence and like pausing to sort of build tension. Hmm. But like early on, they just, I just feel like they didn't get it right. <laughs> like it works for a bit. And then after no one said anything for like five minutes and they're still looking at each other, <laughs> it's just like, get on with it. But like, these, are, these are literally classic films that every, loads of people love and there's a reason for it. But I just yeah. Well, I, I mean, it doesn't, it might not work for you now, yeah, but that yeah. doesn't mean it didn't work at the time. Yeah. The audience yeah. at the yeah. time would have been great for them, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, like the problem is with anything like IMDb, you're never going to get an accurate representation of what what everyone feels about it. What I'm trying to say is, Mamma Mia is fucking great. I've never seen Mamma Mia. <laughs> that's, yet. that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, I don't know Mamma Mia. I can't handle Mamma Mia. Has anyone heard Bruno Mars's new album? It's so good. It's so fucking good. Uh... In your car, I really enjoyed it. It's- <laughs> It's such good, like, driving to work music. Because it makes you... What about something so good? What something so good, But the thing I love about Bruno Mars is that there's just no bullshit. It's just... His albums are all just nine tracks, three, four minutes, hit, 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 smash it out, done, see you later. There's no fluff. Or rubbish. It's just bang. Let's get to the point. This is a fucking tune. I'm out. Next one. Nine of them. Bosh. Done. <laughs> See you later. Thank you. That'll be ten pounds, please. Chop top a chop top top chop a chop top a chop top. Top ten. Top ten. Top it's all so good. I like it. It sounds a lot more timeless than a lot of other like pop music and stuff like coming out, which is good. Yeah, it goes back to an era of quite cool, funky music. Yeah. Funk. Soul, yeah. disco, let's and party. That is actually lacking quite a lot, to be fair, in the, in the music charts at the moment. It's well, really we, yeah. He sort of is bringing back fedora hats in a way that makes me think he's not a twat as well, which is quite <laughs> impressive. <laughs> That's difficult. It's been a, like, there's, no one's done that since Michael Jackson, unless, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much everyone apart from Michael Jackson and Bruno Mars, who's actually no Justin Timberlake, were fedoras 
for the, Blues, the Blues Brothers. Yeah, Blues, but, no, they yeah. wore trilbies. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Let's not get that confused. That's, that's, that's a, that's a dark and dangerous road. <laughs> there's that, there's that singer Neo. He wears a. I think it's a, that's a more of a trilby as well, but. He kind of needs that because he's got a really weird shaped skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen that. Yeah, that's <laughs> he's got like hard. a crest in his head. <laughs> looks like a Vulcan. <laughs> he just balances it on the crest just to keep everything in place. It looks like he uses his crest for like fighting for like mating rights or something. <laughs> Good evening. Welcome to BBC Panorama. My name is uh, Nigel Stern. Joining me in the studio now, we have uh, young Gareth. Um, Gareth is five years old, and we've had to conceal his voice uh, for that reason. Hello, Gareth. How are you? Hello, everyone. Joining us in the studio is Gareth's father, Simon. Hi there. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, And they're here under rather unfortunate circumstances, actually. Young Gareth has been at the heart of quite a scandal, uh, which we want to try and get to the bottom of um, this evening. Gareth's mother recently bought a, um, a new uh, Fiat 500, but recently on Sunday evening, the, the back seats of this Fiat 500 are, are covered in um, what seems like Coca-Cola. It's very, very sticky. I just wondered, Gareth, what you thought about that. Um, uh, well, recently I've been hearing voices in my head, and they won't, <laughs> they won't go away. Come on, Gareth, just, just t- tell her what you told me, son. So, if if I don't do what the voices say, then they make me do bad things. And that day they told me to... <laughs> spill coke all over the place, otherwise they would burn my parents' house down. And how long have you been hearing these voices, Gareth? Uh, about a year now. And have they told you to do anything else? They tell me all sorts of stuff all the time, but I can't talk about it on the radio. Is it mostly soft drinks and uh, automobiles? It, it's mainly car-related, yes. And uh, it's it's nearly always with liquids that can be found in the house. I mean, it's something I'd like to say that I too suffered with as a child. And my father dealt with it by beating me regularly. But I feel like that's not the way forward in this day and age. He beats you? To teach me a lesson, yes. Well, um, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to um, accuse you of anything, um, Gareth, but it is a little bit hard to believe that voices in your head are telling you to spill soft drinks over the back of your of your mother's car. Is it possible that you just spilt the drink over the back of the car and you're blaming it on uh, voices in your head? Uh, no, I don't think that's possible at all. And uh, I'm, I'm going to stick to my story. Because uh, the voice is telling me to do bad stuff right now in the studio. Right now? Yes. Gareth, don't, don't do anything hasty, last. Don't what, do anything hasty. What are they telling you to do, Gareth? Uh, uh, well, well, as I walked in, uh, they were telling me to drink the bottle of hand sanitizer that I found in the toilet. And uh, I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we barbershop band say goodbye? 
I feel I've, I've just got an urge to do that. Yes, that's true. That'd be fun. To like harmonise. I can't do it on my own. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> what a great end. Okay, great. Sweet. <laughs>